wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! to the gridiron guys big week one run and done what a huge week i hope you enjoyed yourself cam was it a good one for yourself yeah probably not the best firstly i just want to uh, address the elephant in the room here um our bets this week horrible uh i've gone one from four and really sunk it up for another week in a row how many did yours pull out I didn't even look because the first one didn't cash, so I didn't even bother. So, <laughs> yeah. So, look, basically, that and our tips for this week were very smelly. Um, but look, it was a pretty tough week to pick. So, it, it was hard. Look, it was tough, mate, but it was some good football, though. A lot of underdogs won. And I think um, I'm going to indulge myself in a bit of pro Denver rhetoric soon. But uh, <laughs> I just want to open the floor to yourself. Do you have anything that you want to say to the group or debrief from your? The boys tripped to the Death Star, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it didn't end the way I thought, and I've kind of stuck my foot in it a bit. I made a comment on another podcast claim of the Raiders going to win, and I pretty much sprayed it and said, there's no chance that the Raiders are putting up 34 points on the Ravens' defence. And lo and behold, they put up 33, won the game, and boy, did I cop it. And rightfully so. I'm going to be held accountable for my claims. But look, uh, our offensive line sold out. And Lamar had zero time and we just struggled. We didn't look very good. And Raiders played well, so credit to them. Yeah, credit to the Raiders. Um, and I think credit to them as well for managing to take it to OT. I think it was in yeah. the last 40 seconds or whatever. But that overtime period was absolutely diabolical in regards to holding oh. onto the footy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a massive roller coaster of emotions. I thought, we're done here. Pretty much game's over. We managed to get a hold and then fumbled it. Lamar just got absolutely rolled by Carl Nassib because... Again, Alejandro Villanueva. I can see why the Steelers let him go because he just... Mate, that pocket crumbled, didn't it? It was horrendous. Oh, it was horrible. They just had an absolute... Crosby and uh, Nassib just had a field day and just hammered... Lamar had 55% of pressure on dropbacks, which is worse than Mahomes had in the the Super Bowl. So it's tough. (laughs) That's saying something. Well, I mean, you've got to take some positives out. At least Lamar did look elite when he was pressured. I think... A lot of the time when I was watching back some of the plays, you saw him get pressured, but he liked to keep the play alive rather than just tucking and running, didn't he? And that actually led to one of your touchdowns, which was an absolute barnstormer. But we also saw him uncork a great bomb to Sammy Watkins. So he's really sort of starting to show off that arm a bit more rather than just going straight to the run. Yeah, they talked about that during the game and they said in the offseason he worked on sort of his the base of his feet sort of a bit wider so he's a bit more stable when he's throwing. And when he was throwing, he actually looked pretty decent. I wasn't hugely upset with him. The fumbles, you can probably protect the ball a bit better, but when your pocket's getting absolutely belted all day, there's not much you can do. So, look, he tried to win him the game and got him close enough too, but, yeah, the defence sold down the offensive line. So, I guess we'll see Chiefs week two. We could be in a bit of trouble. Mahomes could throw for 600. Yeah, you're, um, you're getting stuck into the AFC West, isn't it? And uh, I hate to tell you guys, but I did say this is going to be the division. The AFC West, uh, look, we're the real deal. And now I'm going to indulge myself. The Broncos, 1-0, baby, on the way up to 17-0. and uh, <laughs> I tell you what, it feels good for once in a while. It's been, you know, there's just that feeling in the air now around the field that we're just, we're getting there. This is the start of something beautiful. 
Yeah, you actually look really solid. Teddy, you look solid under center. I saw a video of Von Miller giving him some praise saying they haven't felt like this since uh, 18 was there and referring to Peyton Manning. Hey, that so was that's 2015, a yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. So Denver's kind of been that team that's good defense, but they've never really got it worked out at quarterback. Teddy's done a good, solid job. And yeah, the West is good. And NFC West and AFC West both undefeated through week one. Yeah, look, Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves looks like an absolute genuine throbber, didn't he? Um, he only ended up with two TDs. Unfortunately, the third he would have got if Hamler hadn't dropped it cold. But I think, yeah, yeah this is just, this group looks really nice. I think it'll be interesting for us to challenge. But definitely if the pieces fall our way and, you know, a bit of the luck of the draw as well, I think it can definitely, um, we can definitely come through with some good wins. Melvin Gordon was unreal, had a tear again. Yeah. So was Javante Williams out of the back. So we started to actually get some running. And then, oh, that secondary was unreal, baby. Yeah, your defense can carry you pretty far. You'd probably be a bit soured by the fact you've lost Jerry Judy for, what, three to four weeks now? Yeah, unfortunately. Actually, it's more like four to six. I think he was placed on injury yeah. reserve. Same with um, Darby as well. Yeah, I did see that. There's actually, yeah, speaking of injuries, I guess there's been a few in the week, hasn't there? So we saw Raheem Mostert, who you had in your bet, go down so that kind of killed that uh Fitzpatrick so where do we see Washington go now Fitzpatrick's done well I think the first question is is this the end of Fitzpatrick year 17 a hip injury not easy to come Mm. back to he was placed on injured reserve so it's sort of I'm not quite sure when he's going to come back if at all so that's going to be an interesting one that's potentially the end of the journeyman's career but yeah do they stick with Heineke or do they go out and get one Cam Newton that's floating around on the waivers yeah, well, I mean, he's been he's Ron Rivera's in Washington, isn't he? Correct. So they've got a bit of chemistry there. I know they probably didn't end on the best note when Rivera might have still been there when Cam was ditched. But look, he's an option that's there and it's a viable option because I don't think Heineke, their defense held out for quite a substantial part of that game against the Chargers and almost could have won the game. So you stick a good, quality, solid quarterback in there. So they might be all right. So we'll see what happens there. I think, oh, look, I would love to see... Cam go in, but I see the Washington sticking with Heineke for the moment. I think that they yeah. backed him a bit towards the end of last year and they're probably going to back him again. And then, as you said, talking with their defence, they're hoping that they're going to do all the work on that side of the ball and then basically just present him with some short fields to be able to go to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a couple of nasty injuries you mentioned, Ronald Darby, before. We saw Jeff Okuda, who got a spray from his coach on the sideline, actually tore his Achilles. It's been a fair few Achilles and ACLs already. It's a uh, look. Crap start to the season for some of those teams and some of those players, but we'll see what week two brings us. Uh, are there any other news? I saw Josh Gordon potentially going to be reinstated, so could we see him land back at the Seahawks or somewhere? Jeez, that's a big one, isn't it? Uh, I don't know about the Seahawks, to be honest. They've got quite a bit of a stack lineup at the moment. Yeah, it's true. So I guess we'll see where he lands. But look, yeah, not much other breaking news. Week one, I guess we'll get stuck into a few games. What caught your eye during the week? What about the Bills? The Bills, tough week for the Bills, especially their special teams and the play callers. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, look, it didn't go well, did it? No, the punter got blocked for a TD and their fourth down attempts were diabolical in the end. Like, you know, there was a fourth and long there for one point and then they've just gone back for the halfback sweep, thrown it to the halfback who's two yards away. <laughs> like, what's doing, boys? Yeah, Let's go that the was QB horrible. sneak. <laughs> yeah, they've butchered that. I, like, whoever's calling those play calls, that is disgusting. So I don't know what the go is there, but credit to the Steelers there. Like, we kind of wrote them off saying that they could be on the downhill, and they've come back and proved people wrong. 
Yeah, huge win for them. Absolutely. I think Roethlisberger was great in that game as well. Um, and then it was basically their defense. I mean, they put them in those fourth and one positions and they delivered every single time. So you've got to give credit where credit's due. Steel Wall, Mike Tomlin, they're coming again. And with the AFC North looking a bit shaky at the moment with your boys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's making me nervous. And I suppose we kind of wrote the Steelers off and I thought it'd be Browns and Ravens competing for it. But it almost looks like if Steelers' defense can continue on this trend, they're every chance to take the North. No reason why they can't as well. When the other guys from the AFC North, um, I wouldn't say struggled against the Chiefs, but they certainly uh, missed their opportunity to take a nice win to start the season one off against the Mahomes. Uh, it's a very Mahomes-esque performance, isn't it? Down 22-10 with, what, seven to go in the fourth. Mm. And Browns just let it get away from them, didn't they? That turn, another, another special team's the error, I suppose. The punter dropping it and giving an amazing field position, which turned into a TD. Baker threw a pick late, trying to toss it up. So that was a cracking game. And I don't know, could that be the ASC Championship? Definitely up there for sure. It, it mm. showed the Chiefs are still in there with that fight back. Um, you know, Mahomes is still with that attitude of fuck it, Tyreek out there, where he just tosses it up. I think he <laughs> ended up with 200-odd yards or something. But Oh, close enough. It was stupid. <laughs> Oh, another big one was uh, who was electric was Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They were absolutely clinical this week. He just ran through the Colts' defense with four touchdowns. It was elite. Yeah, Seahawks looked nice, don't they? I know that wide receiver combination there. And Russell was just pinpoint accurate, wasn't he? 78% accuracy. Only had 23 attempts, but that's all he needed, really. Like, Seahawks just got it done. So that West is going to be tough. NFC West is a good division. Yeah, for sure. And this is against like a Colts defense, which in the preseason was rated one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah, Obviously, um, there was a lot of talk about Wentz coming through his debut. Um, didn't throw an interception, so I'd say that's probably a win for him. But yeah, he possibly. really he struggled to piece together some drives so and lost a fumble. So I'd say it's a win for no interception, but definitely needs some room for improvement. <laughs> Yeah, look, that's, that's an issue for them. And I know he's, they've lost a bit of continuity with him being out for a while. So it could take a while for the Colts to really gel and get those sort of connections right. Um, speaking of the AFC South, what the only team to win a game in that division this week was the Dumpster Fire Texans, which we probably can't call them that anymore. They're top of the division. No way. Tyrod Taylor came out and absolutely put on a show, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was good. What did you think of uh, Trevor Lawrence's first performance? I thought it was good. Well, good and bad. I mean, you can't go out and throw three interceptions and three touchdowns, you know, because they sort of cancel each other out. So basically he had a, a no-win game. Um, certainly plenty of it, though. I think he had like 51 attempts and only managed to get 28 of them. So just hitting up a click above the 50% completion rate isn't that great. No. I know they don't really have much of running back to lean on, but he's certainly got to let it run a bit more. Yeah, losing Eddie and Hurt. Robinson's still a capable running back. I know he's coming off injury, but yeah, you're right. Uh, 51 attempts is a lot. So I guess we'll see. I know they're playing from behind, so they're probably throwing it more. So I don't know whether they probably have it. That's probably going to be standard for most of the year, isn't it, for the Jaguars? Yeah, I think so. They're just going to be plodding along. He's, interestingly enough as well, it's his first regular season loss in his career all through his juniors and college. He's never lost yes. a regular season game. So, But that's all right. He's going to have plenty of opportunity to do that this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. That statistic actually blew me away, the fact that he didn't lose a single game regular season ever in his career, which is nuts. 
Must be nice, eh? Far out. Oh, bloody lovely. Uh, speaking of rookie quarterbacks, uh, Mac Jones. I actually thought he was probably one of the better rookie quarterbacks this week. Got sold yeah. out by Damien. Yeah, got sold out by Damien Harris uh, on the eleven yard line by fumbling to potentially win the game. But a one point loss wasn't horrible. I think he got a good debut. What do you think? No division rival, very efficient. Uh, I think there was no interceptions, one TD, and but yeah. he was quite good with his throws. So. You, he looked comfortable, and you can see why they've chosen to go with him over um, Cam Newton. He's clearly quite well in the pocket. And I think that's the thing when you see these guys coming from college. It's not those hot... Well, I mean, he did have plenty of highlights, but it was a lot of the players around him that did it. And he's not one of those college quarterbacks who comes in and just runs the ball or does the freaky throws. He's that pocket passer NFL ready, and he showed that week one. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree there. Another rookie, well, he only got a couple stand-up, but uh, again, what's doing over with the QB by committee with a couple of the other um, rookie quarterbacks? Justin Fields gets on for three plays for the Bears and Trey Lance gets on for one with the San Francisco 49ers. But credit to them, they both put up some touchdowns in their limited time. But what are we, what are we doing here, guys? Are we just giving them a little taste every now and again or are they actually going to start soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bears one was really weird. I was kind of watching that game and we were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, he's in. They're actually going to start him. Threw a pass, took him off. Dalton throws the pick the next play. And it was very strange. He ran one in, which was good, but yeah, it's a very rare decision. Trey Lance, I think I saw something about Jimmy G went down, so that's why he came in, but I could be wrong there. Yeah, again, it was only for the one play, so probably right there. But interesting to see them get a um, handle of it. I think the uh, the media is going to come for Dalton and Fields will end up starting soon, whether Matt Nagy likes it or not. The pressure is yeah. going to be on him from the outside in. Yeah, I completely agree there. Fields will be starting sooner than we imagined. The defense held up quite nicely for about half the game and then Stafford had some nice passes. The Rams looked pretty bloody good. Stafford's hit his, hit his mark on a couple of deep passes. But yeah, that Bears D was solid for a beat. Two, about half to two-thirds of the game. Then the secondary just fell away. Some of those long passes were just silly. But speaking of big defences, probably the most surprising one of the week and one of the biggest performances was the Cardinals absolutely dominating the Titans. Uh, It was really a one-man show, wasn't it? Chandler Jones just absolutely terrorising Ryan Tannehill. Oh, it was ridiculous. And he got peppered. Uh, that offensive line didn't hold up at all. Cardinals looked nice. Murray looked nice. It's funny though, like I suppose when the Titans offensive line gets absolutely belted by a good defense and gets pressured, it's the offensive line's fault. I know I'm going to be a bit biased here, but when the Ravens cop that, it's Lamar's <laughs> fault. So I don't know. It's a bit weird. They don't blame Tannehill. They blame the offensive line. Same as Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So it's kind of weird how they sort of go along those lines. But yeah, Cardinals... Really proved me wrong. I thought that were going to probably be the worst in the NFC West, but could be very wrong there. I think they were never going to be a bad team. Let's let's be honest mm, here. We true. always saw that they were going to be a victim of their own division. Uh, there was always going to be a tough division to win out. And, you know, they were still going to have a plus 500 season. They were just going to end up in the bottom four of what could be potentially a division where all four teams go to the playoffs. Um, but I think they really showed here, Murray, um, year three, he's going to, ball out he's just getting better and better like he's just like a better version of Lamar that can actually throw (laughs) yeah look you're not wrong like he really showed what he's capable of and Kyler's good Kyler's very good and had a very good week one I can't say I think I'm not sure who they're playing this week we'll probably talk about it later 
but it's going to be interesting. I don't know how good the Titans are, whether maybe it's the Titans who weren't very good or whether they are really that good. Hmm. But as I said, it was a big week one and we really enjoyed footy to be back. Uh, and we can't wait to get into the rest of it, shall we? Uh, tuck into our next segment. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So back again are our player performance reviews, uh, kicking it off with a rookie watch. Uh, which, just a reminder, is us keeping an eye on the best rookies of the week, either offense or defense. Um, obviously, a lot of big talk about the quarterbacks, so I'm going to try and steer away from them. But for mine, it was the uh, rookie running back out of Louisiana. He was taken with pick number 194 by the 49ers, and that was Elijah Mitchell. He was the running back that I had predicted for the 49ers to run all through the lines. Unfortunately, most of it went down quite early and Mitchell managed to pick it up. So he just balled out. Um, he stepped up uh, notching 104 yards on 19 carries and a TD on his debut. Yeah, what a game by him. Really needed a step. I know it was against the Lions, but really needed a step up when they lost Mostert. Like, and that's a really good performance for a rookie. So I really rate that pick. And he's sort of a name that no one really would have backed in coming into the season, I suppose, when you're getting picked that low, there's not really many expectations put on you, is there? No, not at all. So all we've got to go out and just this throb, and that's what he did. So he's got to have plenty of time, because I think Mustard's gone on the injured reserve. So he's got a couple of weeks yep. to cement himself and actually make it hard for Raheem to come back and win his spot. Yeah, absolutely. It could be uh, one that we might need to pick up in fantasy. Yeah, our running back stocks are a bit depleted, so maybe it could be one we need to look at. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, for my rookie watch this week, I had to go. I also went offense, and I went wide receiver Jamar Chase. All the pundits, including ourselves, really sort of sprayed him after the preseason where he just had drops galore. Everyone was saying, can this guy even catch the bigger footy? What's going on? Why can't he catch it? He's come out week one and proved everyone wrong. What have I seen here? Five catches from seven targets, 101 yards and one TD. And some of the videos he sent me of the routes he ran were absolutely filthy, just leaving guys in his wake. Could be a big season with a good connection with uh, Trevor. Not Trevor, sorry. What am I talking about? Joey Barra. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The big boy must have a, uh, a deal with the uh, orthopedic surgeons down there because he was absolutely breaking ankles. There are going to be so many reconstructions <laughs> now. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, look, no, I like to think that we gave him a spray and a bit of a rocket up the ass, and he's gone away and he's going, you know what, the boys down there, They've let me know it's not good enough and I'm going to turn on the wheels. So he has. Uh, he's managed to catch a couple of balls, even without the white lines, as he mentioned. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a big year for them. And as I said, you can tell that this is a guy that Joe Burrow sees and feels comfortable with. And every time he's going through his progressions or he starts to feel the pressure, he wants to find him and he wants to throw him the footy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good for Burrow because I think it opens up for Joe Mixon, who had a bit of an interesting year last year. So now they've got the passing game like throbbing, as you would say, because they've got Tyler Boyd and T Higgins to complement him. Like That's probably not a bad offense. I think this could be a, another team in the North that's going to improve this year. Absolutely. All right, moving on to our next one. Uh, was Flying and Dying. So again, just as a reminder, these are our... Two players, one that are, or sorry, players or a group of players or um, coaches that we think are either flying high or they're dying in the ground six feet under. They've had a week to forget. Uh, so, who have you got to kick us off for the flying, Cam? My flying this week, I think it's a bit of a no brainer. We mentioned him before, Chandler Jones. 
This was absolutely ridiculous. So he was almost, I know there was rumoured to go to other teams in free agency. He wasn't offered a new contract. He's a bit older, but like he, I think he bet on himself. He stuck there, bet on himself and showed up week one, just looking for blood. He absolutely bullied Taylor Lewan and Taylor Lewan put out a tweet about it saying, look, hands up from me. I got absolutely belted by this bloke. He ended up six tackles, five of those are sacks four tackles for loss and two forced fumbles. Those are just stupid numbers. I think that puts him on track for uh, 80 odd sacks for the season. Man is about to get paid. You're right. Yeah, I think he's going mm. into free agency. So they've got to renegotiate a deal. And I think uh, they would be sweating on him doing more performances like that because that is going to cost them dearly. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I woke up and saw the numbers that he put up. I was like, that's my fine for this week. No brainer. It doesn't matter who else plays. Those are stupid numbers. Five sacks in week one is just crazy. Ryan Tannehill was scared for his life out there. So that leaves me. Who have you got as flying for you this week? I've got the boys from out of New Orleans. Uh, The combination Mm. of famous Jameis Winston and Sean Payton. He has absolutely unlocked him. That offense was on song. Now, I think pure numbers, famous, didn't put up many yards, but that's because he has quality over quantity. (laughs) This is what we want to see about the man. 148 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Uh, Look, he basically dismantled the Packers. It was ridiculous. And that's what they're all saying now. Sean Payton has been crying out for, you know, he's had the perfect offense. He just, Drew Brees just can't throw it long. What's he got now? Famous. Yeah, that is not the performance we expected. And not the game we expected, really. Like, he just came out and was clinical. Do you think it uh, has anything to do with the elastic eye surgery? Whatever helps, man. He can put his crystals out. He can do his dream journals. Whatever he's doing, keep doing it because that man is only dealing in touchdowns. Yeah, it makes me happy to see Jameis doing well. I actually quite like the guy. Yeah, former number one pick. It's always nice to see them go well because there's heaps of picks that end up blowing up. So, you know, he's definitely flying on cloud nine this week. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So... Going on to the dying, and it kind of keeps in trend with the game you just talked about. I have the Packers' defense is dying this week, uh, especially the rush defense. So that kind of, for me, that kind of set up the game for Jameis. The rush, def- rush offense, they clocked up 171 yards, and the, they were just getting carved up. Kamara and I think it's Tony Jones was just absolutely picking him apart in the rush game, and the offensive line is elite. They've got some really good players on the offensive line. But that kind of just set up the game for the Saints. It put him in good field position. They had good time of possession and they just controlled the game from the start. So, I mean, that helped with Jameis only throwing a little bit and getting five TDs. It means it was, as you said, quality over quantity. So I think, yeah, Packers rush defense has a lot to be desired and they sucked this week. Huge. Can't agree more. They really struggled to keep it out of there. And I know Rodgers was a big part of having a poor game, but certainly that defense did well. I think they came away with two interceptions as well, um, Mm -hmm. which definitely didn't help. So... Yeah, look, tough times ahead potentially for the pack, faithful. But uh, yeah. for myself, I'm going to put the uh, I'm going to put the rocket up someone's ass again. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is my dying of the week. Ooh. Big Zeke struggled this week, didn't he? He struggled to gain any traction on offense. And I mean, look, to be fair, the game did end up becoming a sling fest. And I think the Cowboys are leaning towards that way. Dak is going to be a sling arm cannon. But you know, if you're a guy like Zeke and you want to eat. Getting 33 yards off a lot of carries, that kid's going to go wither away and get real hungry soon, I tell you what. So, 
if he's going to be that new power back and they're not going to run it that much, he's got to step up and he's got to really break out for a couple longer runs, you know. We need to see something longer than about 20 yards every now and again. Just sprinkle it on our plate, baby. But if you're sitting in there and you're falling over every two yards, you're not going to get fed. Yeah, rate that play. I rate that pick, actually. We heard everything in the preseason and off-season about Zeke's looking good. He's looking the best he's ever looked. He's in for a huge season. But I know that in 11 carries is still quite a decent amount. But, yeah, you're right. He didn't get any traction on those. And it looks like, as you said, Dak's got some absolute weapons on offense. And you think that would open up the game a bit for Zeke. But, yeah, they got nothing going. And he just really needs to improve in week two, doesn't he? Absolutely. I think... He's going to be the key to them. They've got quite an easy division. If they unlock him, that's that whole offense is going to be an absolute barnstormer this year. So we'll see big things ahead. Um, Rightio. Finally, let's move on to our new segment, Team of the Year. Um, So this one's a new one where we're going to be picking up um, an offensive and a defensive standout for the week. And we're going to get the public to decide. And we're going to add that into the lineup over the year. Um, we'll compile the team until we beat basically the form team of the year as voted by you, the punters. Uh, so on offense, who have you got this week, Kemi? Yeah, offense for me was between two quarterbacks. I couldn't decide for a while between Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. I've ended up going Russell Wilson, actually. I've gone out of, out of the two. I know Kyler put up some big numbers. He had five touchdowns and he was really good, but I've gone Russell Wilson, 18 of 23, so 78% efficiency, uh, accuracy, sorry, 254 passing yards, four passing TDs, zero intercepts. So, look, I think he was probably one of the best ones this week. So that's going to be my offensive player of the week. Well, I've gone, as your namesake, Kyler Murray. I've gone him. Uh, He balled out, as we sort of mentioned before. He was 21 of 32, 289 yards, four TDs and one rush TD. I really liked what he did. He, again, it was another one of those guys who he really extended plays and didn't want to tuck it under the arm and he looked to throw it. It was just great to watch. So he's going to be my offensive. On the defensive side, I've gone Shaq Thompson, the line um, backer from the Panthers. He had a day out uh, terrorising Zach Wilson on his debut. Ten tackles, five solo, one sack, three passes batted down and an interception just to top it all off. Yeah, that's huge. I like that. I actually didn't really see him much. So that's actually hearing that, that's huge numbers. I kind of tossed up on two. I leaned towards one that I've mentioned before. Another guy that got a notable mention is Javon Hargrove for the Eagles. He was pretty good with two sacks, but I couldn't go past Chandler Jones. Five sacks, two forced fumbles, and then four tackles for loss included. Absolutely ridiculous. So in saying those, so that's pretty much going to be on our Insta stories each week and you guys have to make the decision. So that's going to be between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and Chandler Jones and Shaq Thompson. So once we make those decisions, they'll hit into our team and we can make the decision and that's going to be our team of the year. Huge. We're going to make a big monster. It's going to be the best <laughs> team you'll ever see. Anyways, <laughs> moving on, we are going to introduce a brand new segment. Uh, we're getting on a... Big fan of the show, big friend of the show, uh, Stephen Meikle. He's a one-eyed Philadelphia fan that hates running QBs with a passion. Uh, You'll never find anyone with a more unqualified opinion to talk on NFL, but that's why we're going to bring him in now and give him one minute to let his heart out every week, just, just divulge himself to the fans. I'm super keen for this. Righto, let's get stuck into him. Hey, there we go. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Uh, Stephen, welcome uh, to the show. 
How are we? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Are you ready to get stuck into your uh, unfiltered hot minute? So Meikle's hot minute. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about it unfiltered. We'll keep it. We'll keep it PG this week, but ready to go. <laughs> All right, I like that. A bit of room to manoeuvre, but, you know, there's only ways up, right? Yeah, 100%. All right, hit us with it, brother. Righto, week one. I don't want to start negative. I want to go positive, and I want to start with Matty Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, he was always an elite quarterback, I thought. He was just at a dumpster fire organisation, probably only second to the Browns, but we'll leave that there. The Rams gave up a lot to get him. You know, two first-rounders in golf. Uh, some probably said too much, but week one, absolutely killed it. Passer 18, highest he's ever had, and the Rams just looked phenomenal. I know it was against the Bears, and I know their division's hard, but week one, I'm calling it early. The Rams are going to win their division. They're going to win the NFC, and they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Matty Stafford's going all the way. <laughs> It's a very bold claim. Uh, is there a reason why you didn't start him in fantasy? Ah, oh, oh that, that is a sore subject. Now, Aaron Rodgers, I had him in there. I've got two elite quarterbacks. Now, some would say probably don't take quarterbacks early. I didn't do that. I took two early and uh, got some good ones. Aaron Rodgers, a solid one, but that's okay. You know, was he, was he giving any 100%? I don't think so. He's just got back, you know, it's a bit like getting back with your ex-girlfriend. It's not quite the same. Um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't all in, and this week he's going to bounce back. He's going to have a big win, and I'm going to back him in. Don't think he's trying to lower his trade value out there, dive into a bit of the woo-woo? <laughs> nah, Rogers isn't going anywhere. If he doesn't play for the Packers, I think he's, he's retired. He's hosting in jeopardy. Um, but you never know. <laughs> and finally, oh. thoughts on the Browns um, this week? I mean, the Browns, are gonna, uh, they're going to find a way to lose. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they could be up by 30 in the last quarter. They're going to find a way to lose. Um, if it's not Johnny 2.0 at quarterback, it's going to be someone else. It's going to be the punter fumbling. Browns aren't making the playoffs. They are dead. <laughs> there you have it. All right, well, if you want to put your money on the Rams to win the Super Bowl, the Bears to be, uh, not the Bears, the Browns to miss the playoffs, that is Meikle's hot minute for this week. Guaranteed win. And that was uh, Meikle's Hot Minute. Uh, a little bit longer than a minute for the first one, but I think it was nice to just get the lay of the land. Everyone sort of knows where he stands now. Um, as I said, unqualified. Uh, not so unfiltered today, but I'm sure once he gets into his hit list, as he um, mentioned to us, he'll probably let loose. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have to draw a bit more out of him. We kind of tried there and he just kept it under the wraps there. So as the season goes on, hopefully yeah, he lets it fly off the handle. Uh, but that's all right. Now, I think we're, let's, uh, we're going to move into our week two previews. A um, couple of big games this week, uh, kicking off with an NFC showdown, uh, possibly a bit of a letdown for a Thursday night game, but um, Danny Dimes facing off against Heineke, so the football team and the Giants on Thursday night. Yeah, this could be a bit of a letdown, actually. No Fitzpatrick. I did see something today about Daniel Jones performs the best against Washington, which is really strange. Like his fumbles and intercepts against every other team is horrible. But against the Washington football team, he's almost perfect in terms of not turning over the ball. So it could make for an interesting game. I did look at this and the football team are the favourites here. So I really think this could be one for the underdogs. Danny Dimes, um, Saquon will be looking to bounce back as well. I think that was more with the Giants struggling O-line. So... 
I think it, this is a bit of a lesser... Football team's a bit of a lesser defence than um, Denver. Don't get me wrong, Chase Young and those boys will come after Danny Dimes, but I think they're going to get a little bit more air this week, and that's why I think they'll probably end up getting the overs on the football team and taking this one, in my opinion. Yeah, that's not a bad take. I think it'll be interesting. I think Washington defence will really show up. But yeah, Saquon's one to watch. He's playing behind a horrible line, and it's really stifling how he's going to go. But he's going to come back from injury, so we'll see how that turns out. A couple others to watch out for as well. Uh, the Titans are going to want to be able to regather quickly if they want to avoid an 0-2 start when they travel to the 12th man in Seattle. This is going to be a this is always a tough road trip. Uh, and the O-line, after it got absolutely peppered by Jones and the cards, they're going to need to walk, work themselves out if they want to start to get that rush game going with Henry. Yeah, this could be a struggle. They could start the season 0-2 and be bottom of the south. Um, I think Seattle's going to be too good at home. They're the 12th man will have them... Home and hosed, but yeah, Russell's too good. Too good. Uh, and the wide receivers out there, Metcalf, Lockett, too many weapons in the duffel for them. Titans will yeah, struggle. Uh, Seahawks run away with that one. Uh, another one is the Cowboys will travel to LA, the beautiful SoFi Stadium. Gee whiz, that looks good when it's filled up, doesn't it? Um, they're the underdogs in this one, but I'd expect this game to be a bit of a shootout, really. Two big offences, Dak and um, Stafford. <laughs> no, no, they're playing the Chargers, aren't they? So we're going to have Herbert. Fuck. Yep, other LA team. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, look, yeah, I agree. This is going to be a shootout. They've got some quite key ride receivers on both sides of the ball, uh, like Cowboys and the Chargers. I think a lot of Cowboys games are probably going to be shootouts the way it looked early on. Essentially, their defences didn't look on, did they? Especially in the secondary, there was a lot of opening up down that line. Um, I think, yeah, we've got some pretty big offensive weapons. We just talked about Zeke before as well. Eckler's certainly going to have a big, want to have a big game on the rushing. Uh, there's also Cooper was unreal last week, wasn't mm. he? He was one of the better yeah. wide receivers. CD Lamb was great. Um, and Keenan Allen will always be electric as always. So I think this will be one for to get on the overs. I think that's about 55 or something. But I'm not sure which way this one's going to go, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's really hard. I think the Cowboys could pip him here. I think the Chargers didn't impress me as much as I thought. I picked Washington, and I still think Washington probably could have won the game had Fitz not gone down, but that's wishful thinking. We don't know where what will happen there. Uh, a bit closer to home. Well, let's have a look at our teams. The Broncos facing off against the Jaguars. You guys could go 2-0. and 2-0, baby. We're going to skittle those Jags. Uh, T-Law thought he had a bad day last week. Hope he throws 50 again because he's going to miss about 30 now. <laughs> Thought three interceptions was bad. No fly zone, baby. Um, we mentioned before, Darby's out. So I think we're going to expect more from our number one recruit, Pat Sertain. Uh, he only copped a handful of um, snaps last week uh, because our secondary is just that elite. But now I think he's going to get a bigger part to play and he's going to absolutely eat T-Law up. Yeah, as bad as I don't like to see people go down injured, Pat Sertain coming in is one I'm really excited about. If you have the Broncos defence in your fantasy team, they are an absolute lock to start this week. They are going to pick apart Trevor Lawrence and he's going to throw another three picks. Big boys got to eat. Uh, and then moving on to your boys, they're the big Sunday night game with the Chiefs. We mentioned that before. It's at home. So normally quite good for Lamar at home, but he's never been able to get across Mahomes, has he? Yeah, Chiefs, I mean, guaranteed they're a bloody good team. They've been our kryptonite. We've never been able to get across them. And I don't think it's going to change this week. I think we're going to start the season 0-2. They're going to have to make some adjustments during the week. They've already cut a couple of guys. So there's a few open roster spots. So we'll probably have to make a few pickups because we are struggling. Offensive line, defense is a little bit edgy, a bit sketchy. 
So, yeah, look, Chiefs to go hard here and dominate us. I think they'll have to. The one way I see you guys getting into the game, though, Chiefs seem to have started a bit slow, um, sluggish. You know, we look back to the Super Bowl, they never really got started. Last week, it took them a little while to get going against the Browns. So, I think if you manage to pick up and put a little couple scores on them in the early days, that's where you're going to be able to get in front and have your best chance of winning. But if that O-line can't keep up and Lamar's just going to be pressured all day, I think it's really going to give the Chiefs too many opportunities and you're going to be lamenting those misses. Yeah, I think their rush defense is their, the biggest hole in their team. I know we cut Trenton Cannon. So it's a bit hard for us because I know our running backs kind of got depleted during the season. And we haven't had much sort of continuity, a bit of chemistry with Lamar. So a few handoff errors. So yeah, look, that's probably, as you said, that's probably going to be the chance for us to beat him. And finally, uh, probably the last one to watch out for will be the Monday night divisional matchup between Green Bay and Dr- Detroit. Uh, let's, you know, assuming Aaron is not really trying to lower his trade value and force the Packers to move him on, uh, they should account for the Lions easily considering their poor defense. Yeah, look, oh, I think Aaron is throwing four touchdowns and 300 plus yards this week. Lions, I mean, unless they're well too far ahead, he probably won't throw that many. Lions won't be good enough. I know they lost Jeff Akuda, one of their starting corners, so Aaron's going to pick it back up this week and they're going to dominate. Absolutely. I think Goff, hey, that was just padding stats last week, wasn't it? They may be, yeah. Lions for them this year, they may be one of those teams where if they get a sniff, they might think that they're actually a chance. So if the Packers start poorly again and Rodgers is really just trying to throw himself away and they end up having to play love, then maybe Goff gets in. But yeah. Rogers surely comes back. He bounces back, and they just tear through this divisional matchup. Yeah, so, absolutely. Week two. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Yeah, no, it's going to be another big week of footy. Uh, can't wait. I've got the Monday off, and so bearing we don't go back into lockdown, I will be hungover watching all these games on the Monday, enjoying myself, <laughs> just trying to piece myself together over a couple of zingers and uh, <laughs> some sad yeah, thoughts for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, finally, we got another big weekend of college ball. Uh, we'll wrap that up. Uh, included plenty of upsets as well. Uh, number 12, Oregon toppled number three, Ohio State, 35 to 28. Uh, CJ Stroud collected 484 yards and three TDs, but it was CJ Verdell on the Ducks, the running back. He stole the show okay. with 161 rush yards and two TDs with another TD through the air. Yeah, he absolutely gashed him, didn't he? I know, high state, that's going to be one that's going to hurt them later in the season. Oregon, we didn't peg them as a top four, um, but they could push for contention later in the season. Yeah, this is 100% a resume win for them when it comes down to those top four spots. This is what they're going to look at. Um, that's a big win. Uh, Georgia ran right today. They had their backup, Stetson Bennett. He threw 10 of 12. So again, talking about quantity over quality. Quality over quantity, sorry. 288 yards and five TDs as well. They had a 56-7 to seven route of UAB. JT Daniels out injured, so not sure when he comes back. And considering Stetson, he may struggle to get back into that lineup. So JT losing another starting spot to injury, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Georgia's going to be a team that's going to be formidable throughout the season. Bama also accounted for a lower team, like Mercer Bears. Another good one was Arkansas, who are now ranked 20 after their victory over Texas. Huge. I did tell you at the start of the year, you can't trust any Texas preseason hype. Those guys are the perennial <laughs> letdown. And, you know, this was a potential. So uh, Texas looking to go into the SEC and play Arkansas every year. They just got an absolute lesson and an absolute handle of what they're going to find in the SEC week in, week out. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. Another call you made, speaking of uh, making predictions, is you had Iowa-Iowa State, a ranked matchup, and you said, you have Iowa here, you think they're going to get it home and get it done, and you're right. Big win for the boys. Hey, it was a gritty win too. They really got yeah. stuck into them in the trenches and showed them who was boss. And I think now they're ranked in the top five, top six, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, I think you're right. And Yeah, sorry. Yeah, top five. Yeah, I think I was watching it, and uh, Kirk Herbstreit, he was talking about... The Iowa punter, I think his name is Tory Taylor from Australia. He pretty much set up a lot of the uh, good defensive positions for Iowa. He pinned them into the 10 like a couple of times and really set them up there. It really changes it, doesn't it? You know, you don't want to hear anything out of the punters because normally if you hear things, it's because of bad things. Uh, but they can really set up games like these when you go into the trenches and you just need to play field position. He really set them up. A um, couple other guys that stood out. Uh, Spencer Rattler collected five TDs. So did Matt Coral, um, another Heisman favourite for Ole Miss. Sam Howell as well returned to four, my Heisman pick. Uh, he threw three TDs and ran for two and 104 yards. So he had quite a good game against Georgia State. Uh, and lastly, I had, unfortunately, USC lost the interconference matchup to Stanford, which basically cuts our chance of making the playoff for this year. And was a catalyst for your coach being fired. Yeah, he's gone. Look, to be honest, he hasn't really been able to galvanise the troops and Slovis. So, see you later, bud. Yeah, he was kind of the right guy for your rebuild. But I think, as someone said, yeah, he's not the right guy to bring him further into the future. No, not at all. And especially with Oregon starting to rise the Pac-12 up into the uh, playoff football championship, you know, you want to be there. And unless we run the table and then maybe end up taking out Oregon in a playoff championship, that's that's our national championship year done. Even then, I'd say it'd be tough making a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be struggle. They could be ranked by the end of the year, but that's a bad loss. A uh, couple of games I noted and pegged down for some week three matchups. Bama versus Florida. Huge. Auburn versus Penn State. Yeah, it's going to be big. A big SEC matchup. Florida, we haven't seen much out of yet, but they're a quality side. Mm. Auburn and Penn State. Auburn's won with Bo Nix under centre. I really like. They've routed their first two matches and Penn State's a quality matchup. So this could be a big game. I think that's probably the game of the week for me. Absolutely. The Nittany Lions have come back, haven't they, ever since their year, yeah. their whitewash years, I think 2016. But they've managed themselves. They're ranked 10 now. So an Auburn are down at 22. As you mentioned, Bo Nix has been starring out there for a couple of years. Um, another couple of ones to watch out for. There's a bit of a sec matchup. South Carolina versus Georgia. Georgia should win that easily, but it's always nice to see those divisional games. And uh, another team that's come through in the rankings, Arizona State and BYU, uh, Arizona 19 and BYU ranked 23. So interesting to see a couple of those matchups. Um, and it should be a good another good week of college football. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more ranked teams playing each other. We've got those first couple of weeks out of the way where Bama and some of those other guys play their um, basically free win teams, if you want to call them that. <laughs> now yeah, we start getting oh, into true. some divisions. Yeah, those cupcake wins that Bama sort of sets themselves up with every year. But, I mean, they're just dominant, so they're going to flog anyone that they play. Just give them a little booster to make some cash. Absolutely. So I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, it's been another great episode. So uh, you want to finish us off here, Kemi? Uh, yeah, look, keep an eye on our socials. We're going to put a few things up now or maybe tomorrow. And you need to pick who you think is going to be Rookie of the Week and then who's going to make our Gridiron Guys Team of the Year. We're also going to post our best bets. We really promise we're going to deliver a win this year. So just keep an eye out for our socials. I'm really keen for it. We're going to make some money, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.